Courage Radio. Today is a really great day to be listening to a podcast, specifically if you are wanting to talk about how to speak identity over your kids. Yes. In the room, we have Pastor Ron Smith, also known as Dr. Ron Smith, for those that know him well. Nice. And his beautiful wife, Raina Smith. Hello, hello. My husband, who is sitting to my left, Jacob Miller. Hey, hey, hey. And it's me, Rayleigh Miller. I am so happy to be with you guys, and I'm really happy to jump into this topic. It's a good one. Rayleigh, you have a much better better voice doing the intro than any of us here. You did amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I, I don't know if it's singing is the background. I don't, I don't know. know what it is. It's just, I felt it and I jumped in. I like yes. it. It's clear. It's crisp. It's clean. It's airy. Thank I like you. it. I wanted you to just keep talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. She introduced the topic. And um, so I know what you're thinking probably already, how to speak identity over and in your children. Okay, so yes, we're, we're probably going to be dealing with the hot topic that you know culturally um, as identity. But let me say this, we're going to speak on a biblical, broader, biblical, deeper um, way of identity, purpose, mission in your child, which, by the way, deals with today's mm, yes. hot culture topic. Yeah. We believe you don't just deal with the immediate cultural topic that's at hand. Uh, you come at the overall biblical approach, which should answer whatever cultural uh, thing arises. So let's let's just jump right into how to talk to your kids um, about their identity. We just have a few things to talk about. We're going to roll from there. Number one, when it comes to talking to your kids about their identity, we've learned, Randy, you have to show them um, what God created in them. Yes. Like just how unique they are, like how special they are. Um, one of the things you did and still do with your grandson and you did with your children, one of the things you did was you read a lot to them. Yes. And just thinking about this, about even seven years ago, mm. we were talking about identity in our children and our focus was we were saying, okay, your kids need to know their morals and values by the age of, it used to be Four seven. Five. Yeah, even earlier. And yeah. now it was age five. Yeah. And so the topic was their identity and who they were in Christ. Right. Morals and values being established right. at such a young age because they are exposed to so much um, through phones, media, iPads, things like that. Right. But the basic principle, whether it be today's hot topic or just identity of who they are as a young woman or a man of God, that foundational principle in Christ has not changed with culture. No. Yeah. So it may be topical on identity regarding right. sexuality, or it may be topical as of seven years ago on identity in morals and values, I think we need to just back up to who they are in Christ mm. and who God made them to be. Yes. That has not changed 
despite what's going on socially. Yeah. What was, uh, and Rayleigh, I think mom gave it to you. What's the name of that little yellow Bible that you read that you now give it out? Is it just called the Little Children's Bible? So it is um, Baby's First Bible, but it's specifically by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Got it. So, um, because there's a ton of Baby's First Bibles out there, but this one by Sally Lloyd-Jones, she's also the author of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't either until I researched it, and it's amazing, but... um, Starting off with that one, I so agree. There's so much yes. about that particular read that is phenomenal, yes. no matter their age, really. Um, but it's awesome for babies, probably up until I'd say age two or three. Right. Yes. Okay. Now that's important that you say that. We often think we don't start talking purpose and identity. And again, we're not just talking about sexual identity. We're talking about like what God created, like yeah. what yes. he mm-hmm. created. Like you start out uh, it, with Benjamin, I mean, when he was like, a month old. I mean, like he's already that. turning the pages. Like he knows the stories on yes. what's going on on what page. And at this point, what he's nine months, yeah. you know, so it starts. Yes. It starts not only as we're praying for them in the womb or praying for them to be born one day or to be pregnant one day or that grandchild, whatever it may be. Right. Um, God has that plan and it is our job to live on mission Yes. Continually to know that, okay, they're here, we're on. Right. And talking about what God made in general. So I think um, specifically in that birth to age five or six, where everything is really physical. um, So like, okay, look at the flowers, look at the trees, look at the fish. But the more you can create these connections between our God is a really creative God Mm. and he makes really good and creative things. Look at how it's expressed in a flower, in a tree, in a fish, in an animal then it's easier for them to already believe and make the connection that you were also made good and creative. That's it right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like grab their hands when they're really little and say, God made your hands. Mm -hmm. God made your finger. Look at your toes. Like look at your fingernails. Like just so many things. Like look in the mirror. God made those eyes. God Mm -hmm. made that those eyebrows. Look at your hair. Mm -hmm. Like everything you're already assigning, like you're showing them where that it came from. And it's so important. It is so critical. And that Al's value. I mean, as a creative... Like he made how you think and how you process and God wants to do something special with you right? because Mm. you are uniquely made. You're even more uniquely made than the trees. I mean, God has called you to, to be like Adam and Eve. And that's how we share those stories. And of course, Jesus calling them by name and wanting to be with them as their you know, personal That's a great friend point. Yeah. to help them think and to right. decide and that God can talk to them. But I think yeah. it's also really important to know that in the same breath that you look at them and you say that you were made creatively, be careful to know that also in that same other side of the breath that you're also speaking life of saying like you are confident, you are courageous, you are secure. Yeah. Because if right. you're painting a picture and you say God is so creative and he made you wonderfully, but in the next breath you are saying things like you're dumb, you're stupid. Why did yes. you do that? That was a horrible mistake. Like if, if that is the same thing and you're talking about God in that same context, right. then it's yes. going to be, it, I'm not saying like by God's grace, he can go so far beyond this. However, you are an example to them of God as father. So yes. if your father is saying right. over you, you are made wonderfully, but 
also, why does your body look like that? Why is your hair like that? Why are you tripping over like that? You're just shy. You're just clumsy. Then it's so easy for those to come outside of us in our sin nature. However, just be, it's a very convicting thing to know that your children aren't just listening to what you say. They're watching everything you do. Right. And that's not just what you speak over them. If over yourself, you're saying, man, I really don't like the way my hair looks today. I really don't like the way that I handled this. If I'm just an anxious person, you're talking about God as creator in your life too. Right. It is funny. We were just talking about that. So it is so important. Um, We were talking about the front site podcast and as well as just for women in general of just knowing that God has... Um, called us and he is our father. And if you have had an issue with your earthly father, you have a hard time knowing that he has a a plan for you as a father and that you can do this job because of way a father has spoken. So yes, let's kind of back up before we even talk about our children and make sure that we are in God's word. So we have that proper filter in order to show them Mm. what who the heavenly father is. Yeah, and if is. you're just now listening to this, it goes back to episode one. Yes, it where sure Where we does. said, uh, when you find out that you're pregnant, you're expecting, I'm going to be a mom and a dad, the number one question you begin to ask is, what do I need to become for this child? Yes. Okay, it starts with you. You guys have already mentioned, which is right on right on target. So uh, what we're talking about, it's show them what God created. Ready touched on it. Show them how God made them. So Psalm 139 says, Mm -hmm. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. So yes, how do you begin to answer the question of if they don't like their hair? Well, if God made me fearfully and wonderfully, I don't like my my Mm. body shape. I don't like my hair. I feel like I have more uh, thoughts towards being a boy. I'm, I feel like I have more thoughts towards, you know, being a girl or whatever. I feel like I, I'm a girl, but I like, you know, boy shoes, whatever those are. So when they begin to have those questions, how do you do that? I, to me, I think the Bible gives the answer. So when you begin to show them how God made them, mm-hmm. I think the next thing you have to do is constantly talk about where does worth come from. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Worth doesn't come from just it's not all about hair, right? Which is why first Peter says, let it not be the adorning of hair and of jewelry and all that. It's we have to show them the world's gonna place its standard on what kind of clothes do you like? What do you look best in? Why do you not look good in this when others look good in that? It comes from worth. Yes. So you and I have to show them that when the Bible says fearfully and wonderfully made automatically we think, well, I have to look like a magazine. Mm. Right. Right? No, no, no. To be fearfully and wonderfully made means God specifically crafted you to be who you are, to only reach people that he won't only wants you to reach, to live out yes. his purpose and mission in life. Yeah. And not not everybody can, can... What if everybody looked the same? I'll never forget this. I, it was years before like this whole... Uh, a movement of you know true love waits kind of a thing started which that was a long time ago people are like what is that um a long time ago i heard this illustration from a, a guy that was teaching fca and he said he was in a high school one time and everyone was making fun of this one girl who was still a virgin and he said in the classroom, she turned around and looked at those girls with courage and said, I can be like you any day that I want to, but you can now never be like me. Mm. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? And he goes, I don't know if she said it snarkily or whatever, but nonetheless, she wasn't saying it like an elitist mindset. 
she was saying like, I can choose to compromise myself based upon what the world tells me, but I feel like my God has communicated worth and mission and value and purpose. And in this area, I'm choosing to maintain that. Yeah. Yes. You can begin teaching your children, uh, and like Rayleigh so adequately said, it's not just about these things or these things, it's showing them where worth comes from. So when the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, again, that's not just talking about beauty of hair. It's not talking about body shape. It's talking about the worth, the Mm. intentionality that he put into making you, and there is no one else like you, and God made you for a reason. He just didn't want to populate the demographics by saying, I need someone five foot or six foot or blonde hair or brown hair or green eyes or Mm. blue eyes. No, 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 no. He took the time to make you so worth is communicated absolutely from God. And to Rayleigh's point earlier, yes, choose, you know, try your best in those moments to not say you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey, why did you do that that way? Like you have to be careful. I violated that many times as a dad, you know, like, oh man, we could have done that better. Oh, I can't believe that this happened. But you and I have to choose it. And in everything we say, it is communicating worth and value. So we're trying to answer the question, how do you talk to your kids about identity? Mm-hmm. Show them what God made, show them how God made them, and show them where worth comes from. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I just wanted to add, because like for me personally, I really struggled with feeling confident in my identity. But Mm. I think it's because so in my strength, um, God actually gave me the gift of competition where it's like, how do you find that cutting edge and things like I get a thrill out of, okay, how can we improve this? How can we make this better? But in my sin, that means that there's a lot of comparison. And growing up, it's like, man, I wish I could do this or this or this mm. better. But then I think what makes you realize worth more than anything else is when you realize when something doesn't change. Mm. And I felt like whenever I was, it really hit me. I think it was, it was just after I turned 13 and there was all these trends going around and I worked really hard to chase the trends. And I realized that this person had a different idea. This person had a different idea. This person had a different idea. And it was always changing. And I was like, my competition was like, I can never win. Like, because if I'm always chasing to be something else, I can never win. And is that really worth it? I think it goes back to worth than works. Yeah. Yeah. True. And so as a culture, it's all like what I work towards or if I work to do this, or if I work to, to gain this stat, you know, stature. Well, we can bring that into our children. And of course, yeah. we've talked about this before. You know, you can have your kids in sports and get your own identity out of your kids right. playing the sport, right. you know, yeah. or that becomes your thing. And when God just wants us right where we are, like we were discussing earlier, who did Jesus go to whenever he he was resurrected. He called in the women, the lowliest person. They weren't even on the list. Mm -hmm. And then here, these women go back to the disciples and it was like, oh, some of them didn't believe. But then, of course, then he called out Peter and Peter Mm -hmm. because Peter just blew it. So for us as a culture, we think we have to attain. And sometimes Jesus just wants us right where we are. It is so hard for us to grasp that God has made us unique, right. and our standards aren't the world's standards. Right. Even in biblical times, they had the standards, the Pharisees, you know, if you work at it, if you do this. When Christ again and again tells us, I have a plan for you, 
I love you right, right. where you are. And that's the stuff that doesn't change. You are. Yeah, that's the stuff that doesn't yes. change what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, some of the stuff that like if you are like, man, I really want a quick way on how to do this over my kids, honestly, worship music. Mm. And like that is the fastest yes. way for them to be able to have something and speak it over themselves. Yes. So like some great songs would be Who You Say I Am by Hillsong wow. um, because it listed all in there. Another one is God, You're So Good by mm. Passion. Yeah. Um, even if you're singing those simple songs over them or around the house, if they don't have that, that moment to search scripture really fast and say, where was that verse? Also, Psalm 139, always a reservoir. Yes. But if these are like monumental like milestone things you can read or speak over them right then it's portable theology at yeah. that point yes. and so even when they're like chasing after something that communicates what how god made them what god made as well as the worth right. all in one moment yeah. yeah so that communicating worth is so valuable it has to be filled in with something and you touched on it like with worship songs and speaking things over them one of the most important things you can do for your child's identity is is teach them convictions yeah yes okay? very much so right so um opinions and thoughts are things that sort of motivate us but convictions they stabilize us, mm -hmm. okay? So you can have an opinion, you can have a thought, you can hear someone else's opinion or thought, and that might move us. Like I can hear, Rayleigh, your opinion on, let's just say, coffee, yeah. right? But I could go try it, and then I form my own opinion. Whereas a conviction is not an opinion. A conviction is a bedrock, stable truth that is spoken by God that is not, it does not change. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so that's a difference. But an opinion changes with culture, with times, with feelings and emotions and all that. Convictions do not. Yeah. And so maybe mom and dad, um, we need to help you guys know how to um, firm up, uh, discover, write down what convictions you are. Listen to the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is God breathed. This is the word of God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. So the Bible is that resource. Remember when um, you had the key ring of the Bible verses, yes. A, B, yes. C, D? Remember when Rihanna was in the <laughs> shopping cart and Rayleigh was doing something wrong? Yes, I loved it because I think they were... Um, like one and two back Son. to back. And um, D, D was depart from evil and do good. So Rayleigh was kind of under the cart. Raya was kind of, you know, Rihanna. Rihanna was hanging there. And she um, quoted well, D. Well, it probably was, they were probably older, yeah. probably like two and three, just beginning to talk. Yes. Because it was like, depart from evil and do good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she applied scripture yeah. because she was tugging on her leg and didn't like it. Yes. Very much I'll so. never forget you telling me that. I wasn't there for that, but you came home and you were like, oh, I forgot to tell you, Rihanna flat out quoted letter D to Rayleigh. <laughs> Depart from evil and do good. Like, stop doing so what you... were older. Yeah, it, but it was neat because that yeah. was already stored in their heart. Yes, that's the point. So it was something that we did at home, that we went through the verses, and this was before they were in school. Right. So they were little bitty when we were, we were putting scripture in their heart and right. and they are they're little sponges yeah they're gonna soak up the good 
and they're gonna soak up the bad. Well, Rayleigh, you mentioned something. I don't want to steal the thunder, but it was You're it good. was it was awesome. So I'm I'll start it. You finish the thought. You said you know we're not teaching our children in current evangelical conservative Bible teaching churches. We're not teaching our children to ask questions. Correct. Because concert Christianity, and you you finished that. What what's happening right now? Yeah. So basically there's been like this movement where there, there's always something called generational memory. This just mm. happens in culture in general, where it's like, oh, all of us can remember um, back when there was only iPods or yes. when everything mm. was an MP3. Like there's a generation That's of us true. that share that experience. And so then there's a lot of things we operate off of with that context. Well, currently specifically starting at Gen Z, there's not a generational memory for a lot of the basic convictions we have in our faith. Wow. Yes. And it's because what? like typically what's happening is if it wasn't being talked about at home, say you weren't in a Christian home, at least churches were talking about it, or maybe right. it was mentioned somewhere in the media or on TV. Now it's not always being talked about in either church or the home. Mm. So there's an entire generation that doesn't even have the generational memory or vocabulary to ask basic questions about like, what does the word resurrection mean? What does the word communion mean? Why did Mm -hmm. we have to do blood? That's like really weird. Like Mm -hmm. what is God's judicial system? You you said one question, I'll give it. It said, why is sin bad? Why is sin bad? Yeah. So it's like the basics. Basic. It's very simple. But if you think about it in our normal Sunday experience or Wednesday experience, the people who are teaching them are operating off that generational memory of, oh, we talked about this. Right. But Gen Z, it, it's, not it's not there. Being yeah. Well, because about. our, like we discussed, our level of tolerance has just continued to increase. Like yeah. TV in the very beginning, you know, we wouldn't, you know, your parents would get up, turn the channel or whatever. Well, now because our tolerance has been raised to what our basic foundational principle of what truth is, of what is what is good, mm. what is not good, what is a good lifestyle, that's not even on the radar. Yeah. And right. because we're so exposed, you know, we're exposed in so many different variables, you know, we're not able to turn it off as quick yeah. before you had one kid running up and turning the TV tube. Well, now right. it's coming at you by phone yeah. and TV yeah, and, and I would say for some parents it's on the other side of things where it's like they know it's bad but it's so frequent and so fast true. you yes. don't know what to do. That is true. Yes. That's a good point. And so I, I think it's both. I've seen both but the whole point um, in being like okay what? how do you teach convictions in your children? My first thing would be don't assume. Right. Like yes. don't assume that you've had that conversation on like what is sin? Yes. What, like why, why right. is God holy? Like Pull it all oh, the way wow. back to the grassroots of like, God is holy, God is creator, God is love, and sin is bad. Yeah. Like, yes. even if you got to pull it back to those things, everything stems from that. Yeah. Like, gender identity stems from that everything. because you feel like you have a choice because one, God isn't holy, he's not creative, and he's not good. Mm. So if you don't believe those three things, then, oh, I get exactly. my own choice. Exactly. Like, I mean, it, logically, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it's as simple as, well, let's actually go through this story together. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So my best advice, honestly, is just don't assume. Yeah. That and so what are memory. convictions? I'm just going to rattle off a few um, yeah. for you. Maybe we can, maybe in a post, we can let you guys see this. So here's some convictions that, that need to be in your life. Remember, what do I need to become for this child? Um, what do you need to be teaching? You need to be teaching, Ray, I already mentioned one of them, that there is one God, like like the absolute sovereignty of God. Yeah. Yes. There is one God that rules it all. Because mm. they're going to hear there's multiple gods. You can be your own God. Like they may not hear it in those words. They may. 
but they're going to hear humanism, which I am my own God. But you need to you need to teach them there is one God who created everything. You need to teach them the supremacy of Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. like He's overall. Like that's what the Bible goes back and tells you and I. Like teach them why Jesus. Why is He important? Who He is. Like Rayleigh said, don't assume. Teach them the the authority and the reality of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's going to be multiple voices in their head. But coming to Christ means I get to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like, teach them that. Mm. Teach them the, the need of belonging to a church body. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, why do I need to belong to that church body? So there's the conviction of the church, the, the conviction of the role of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of one God, the conviction of Jesus Christ, the priority and the authority of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. John 3, you know, 3.16, obviously, that, that those points, 2 Timothy 3.16, on and on. So what now what do convictions do? Okay, let me just define this for you. Why do we need convictions and what do they do? Well, they they deepen their commitment. Mm-hmm. They strengthen their faith and they they enable their purpose in life. Yeah. Yes. Like Rayleigh said, without that, then they think it's free game mm-hmm. to decide and to determine. And that's dangerous. Like I can't, Rain and I can't tell you how many times we've had families come up that just say, "I want my children to explore faiths on their own." Mm. Mm-hmm. That is just so ridiculous to me. Like if I knew there were twelve different snakes in my backyard, I would not tell Rayleigh and Rian and Rye, "Hey, you guys, you guys go out in the backyard and just figure out which snake is venomous and which one's friendly." Oh yeah. Why? Like we? Why would you would never do that? I pray. But we're, you're doing that with let them go discover which religion they want to choose. Don't oh, yes. do that, right? Because like Rayleigh said, you're just leaving that up to just sort of free game, and it's it's not there. Okay, listen, let me just rattle this off if you don't remember. There are three sources of authority in our lives. Mm. One is external, yes. which pop, what is popular, popular opinion, everyone says, everyone does. The next one is internal. I say, I feel, I want then there's eternal. So there's external, internal, and there's eternal. You have to teach your children, like talking about identity, like God says. Mm-hmm. Like, what did God say? Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be conformed uh, to the to transform the renewing of your mind. Like, understand that, right? So you and I have to just continually just deepen those, those stakes of God's conviction in their lives. In a fallen world, like we know this, in a fallen world, every one of us are walking in either some form of sin Mm -hmm. before Christ, even after we come to Christ, or we're walking in some form of brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's teaching your children that, well, when you're walking in some form of sin and some form of brokenness, if they don't have convictions, Mm. they don't know what God created, how God created them, why God created them then they're open to any and all opinions that are out there. Mm. I think so many times we forget the main point of the scripture mm. of rebuke. Right, exactly. Correction. There you go. That that is a loving yes, thing it's helpful. that as parents that we do, that we establish God's truth, mm-hmm. that we have an eternity in mind. Like right. there is, there are rules. Yeah. Right. That there is eternal consequences, whether we like it or not. Right. I think today we don't want to have consequences. True. Yeah. And so because of that, we put that in our day-to-day living, that we forget those basic 
principles as we are pouring them into our children. And I think that goes back to convictions in and of itself. Yes. Because like, let's like, let's take this example of, okay, I'm just going to let, let my child choose religion or I'm going to let them like just step into whatever that platform may be. I'm going to, I'm going to let them go on social media and not give them any expectations because I want them to be able to make that decision, practice wisdom for themselves, like things like that. But if you boil it down, if your personal convictions are sin really is poisonous, like it is like those snakes, Yes. then you're going to be much more on guard to create those boundaries. If you truly believe on the other side of that too, that abundant life can happen now Yes. and that abundant life is possible through obedience. It's only when you truly believe those three basic convictions that it's going to even propel you as a parent to want to step in and say, I need to set these expectations. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever stepped into a job where they didn't give you like really a job description no process, no sense of doing anything. And all of a sudden you're just in this new team, new organization, no communication. Yeah. It's called pastor in a church. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's, it it makes you feel overwhelmed, right? It It makes you feel confused. It makes you feel like this isn't the best, but if you knew that abundant life an abundant sense of joy was possible in your job Mm. because someone laid out a process for you, expectations, I wouldn't talk about it this way, go ahead and do it this way. And abundant life was possible if you, obeyed those things. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing in our in your parenting with your kids. So yeah. no matter if you're dealing with a 13-year-old or a 23-year-old, taking the step to That's go, right. okay, I believe that sin is bad. I believe that yes. abundant life is possible on this yes. side of heaven. And I believe that it's possible through obedience. I'm going to do my best to communicate those things to you yes. right in the stage that you're at. Now, why does that matter? Because I, I, we want to be good with everyone's time, and I'm not sure exactly where we are, but I know you guys are like, keep going, Pastor Ron. We love this. Like I, Y'all say that, so thank you for that. But we do want to be good with your time. Why is that important? What Rayleigh said, what Raina said, why are convictions important? It teaches your child how to how to determine what to say yes to yeah. and how what to say no to. Yeah. Yes. That is why it's so important. If I have those boundaries, parameters, vision, view, goggles, lens, filter, whatever you want to apply to it, all of them, it teaches them what to say no to and mm-hmm. what to say yes to. Yes. I think as many p- parents don't know what to say no oh, to yeah. and what to say yes to. Yeah. And as we model that for our children, of course, it's going to be muddy water. Yes. I think if we know God's truth, what to say yes to, what to say no to, we know how to live on mission. Yeah, right. And just like Jesus wants us to go and tell. Right. And it's up to us to live on mission and realize that our actions affect the world around us. And it is up to us to know what we believe so we can teach our children that conviction to be able to say yes and to say no Mm -hmm. in order to live out who God has called them to be. And yes, like Rayleigh said, just the joy behind that. I think if you truly know God's abundance in being obedient or truly know God's abundance in living holy, you know, like you always say, what's so wrong about being holy? But it's so cool whenever we do make choices of um, sacrifice, or just being able to spend time because sacrifice takes time. Right. Working out your salvation takes obedience. Right. And that's the same thing that we're modeling to our children as they find out, you know, what 
Why is God true? Yeah. So right. if you're like a parent and you're looking for a starting point, I want to hear your opinion on this, Pastor Ron, because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, okay, let's say I don't know my convictions. Where do I yes. even go in God's word? Because it's not like I can search who does, what is this, 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 this. Sometimes you can. Um, Got Questions is a great resource for that. Um, but honestly, check out Waterstone Church's Statement of Faith, um, that section yeah. on what we believe. And that's a phenomenal place to start on yes. convictions. On our website. On our website. And it's because it says, here's a basic conviction, here's first verses to back it up, but also there's a sermon or a message that goes along with it. Right. So if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't even know how to start this conversation with yes. my kids this is where I can go in God's word. These are some resources that I can have, but are there any other maybe books of the Bible or books or resources? We have resources on the website as well. Okay. Of parenting, marriage, um, who we are in Christ, um, that those are on the website. Just if you're trying to figure out where do I even begin? Yeah, like specifically starting that conversation on convictions. Yes. Honestly, it's um, it's going to sound ridiculous, maybe, I don't know, but there's a reason why I like the baby's first Bible, mm -hmm. because the story of um, the Garden of Eden mm -hmm. um, is like Groundhog Day. It's the devil, like all he knows to do is to repeat that story over and over. So we wake up in the morning, and what does the devil do? He comes and he challenges, did God really say, does God really want you to know what will really happen? Mm -hmm. Like what he's trying to challenge is he's trying to challenge, is God's word final? Why is God hiding something for you? You need to think on your own. And I don't think that punishment's going to be what he said. Try it out. Like test the wire. Mm -hmm. You're not okay. going to die. And when I touch the wire once, oh, I didn't die. I can do this. So that story yes. never changed. Now, here's the here's the amazing thing about it. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning I wake up tomorrow, and he plays the same story in my head over that and over and over. That is so true. If you can teach your children, like, go back. Out of that, out okay. of the story of the Garden of Eden, comes the three most solid convictions you can ever have. And it shows you the three tactics the devil will always use, and it never changes. Oh, wow. Okay. Is there, is God really true? Can I trust God and am, can I act independently without consequence? Got it. Right? And those convictions. Now, what comes out of that, there is a God. There is a God. Who sent his son, whose word is reliable. I have to depend upon him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then from that, you you clearly see what is the devil's strategy. He wants you to think negatively, negatively about God. He wants you to think skeptically about God. Yes. And he wants you to think impersonally about God, mm. like God doesn't care. Yeah, It's ground. He, he plays that, and he'll play that over and over. You'll see it, mom and dad, in your life over. And you can tell your children, I'm telling you right now, this is the story you're going to wake up to tomorrow. And those like, are I the biggest things about identity that you One. can say like again and again, because it's always going to come back to those three things. Wow. Every every time. Now, that's nice. the starting spot. Okay. And you need to just go back there. That story does not change. Mm. It has not changed. There's a reason why it's recorded. It's not just recorded because, hey, God created Adam and Eve. No, it's to show you blatantly who God is and what the enemy's attacks against who God is. It's so obvious that okay. we just we just miss it. Yes, and then there's books like where you know that you can go in and study the book of Ephesians is one of the best on identity. You okay. are blessed, you are redeemed, you are adopted, you are forgiven, you are chosen, like I can have free access to God um, and so forth. Um, the book of James is very practical. Yes. Um, the book of Galatians is what they call the Magna Carta of Christian freedom. So basically it's like who I am in Christ and the freedom that I have um, in Christ to discover who Jesus is and how he dealt with identity. Read the Gospels. Like I would challenge you if this podcast is coming out around summertime, well, we're in the Bible in the Year program. Sorry, I may not want to throw that at you. But anyway, <laughs> what I've done before is I read the entire Gospels straight through. Don't mm -hmm. really don't stop. Just read it straight through during the summer. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I 
I think I've maybe done eight times, so not that, but you just read it straight through, and it reads like a narrative, like a crazy narrative. Yeah. Just mm. read that through. It's like reading like a narrative book, right? You just, and that helps you get a, a perspective of who Jesus is and how he related to people and answered these very issues. It's mm. so funny you're saying that because that's what we're doing as what a, as a church. We are doing all four gospels. Oh my gosh! Um, as part of the women's study, as part of the women's study, and so, of course, you ladies are. <laughs> that's awesome. No, this is cool. I was yeah. just thinking yes. of like parents who are like, I want to have these conversations. Where do I start in God's yes. word, in worship music? And so I think that that's really good. Well, two good points that were brought up. Yes, um, we have that statement of belief, which puts it succinctly on um, mywaterstone.church website. And we also have, like Raina says, resources featured on our website that we featured at our different expectations, marriage conference, vitality um, and wellness pages on Facebook and so forth. There's plenty of information that's out there. I have to mention this last one, and we're going to end with this. So how do I talk to my kids about identity? Here's the here's one. This one you got to do. Always keep the lines of communication open. Yeah. yeah. That's important. It's a never-ending conversation. Yes. We're still having this conversation now with our adult children. Yes. Right? As they learn how to be parents, as they're learning how to become a wife, as they're learning how to step out of college graduation. Like I said, it's Groundhog Day. It's, it's You and I have that question, like of defining like who we are at, currently at Waterstone, where we find ourselves in starting these podcasts and where we're finding our, our families growing. Somebody says something to me the other day. They're like, oh, man, the nest is getting empty. You know, I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's really like, you know, your last one, your middle daughter's getting married. You're only down to one. I'm like, no, like we added Benjamin to the house. Like mm-hmm. the nest isn't getting empty. The nest is getting bigger. Yeah. Um, and the Bible speaks to that. So this is a never ending conversation. What I mean is always keep the lines of communication open. Here's how we know it. We know it in the form of prayer. Yeah. yeah. Because we're always praying to God, whether we're complaining, whether we're hurting, whether we're, requ- we're requesting, whatever we're doing, we're believing Mom and dad, you're like that. Rayleigh said it like it, they have to see a good view of a heavenly father in you as a heavenly as an earthly mother and as an earthly father. Keep the lines of communication open. Somebody yeah. said your children are like clams. When they open up, that's when you insert all the information you can. So when they close back, it's attached. There's gonna be seasons where they open up. It may not always be visibly, physically, and uh that they're verbally that they're talking. But you just keep on inserting information yeah. because yeah. you never know when all of a sudden that mind might snag onto something or that life may hold on to a thought. I can go back in my mind right now and remember things my dad said in a truck that maybe he just thought in passing we were riding by a school or something. He may have, I, I've hung on to that, right? We all have done that. Keep the lines of communication open. Show them what God created, how God made them, where worth comes from. And then start forming these biblical convictions. In other words, these aren't your opinions of the Bible. These are things the Bible has stated as bedrock belief systems, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that never change, um, that we've added to that. Wow, this was really good. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I love what Raina says every time we finish one of these. She goes, I love that. Like, I had no idea where this was going to go, but just the conversation that happened, that's what I love about it the most. Yes. Yeah, and we found out that Rayleigh does good at intros. <laughs> oh, well, that's so funny. All right, so let's see how good you do on outros. Take us out of here, Rayleigh. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Encourage Radio. We pray that you walked away prepared, uh, encouraged more than anything else to do what God has made you to do and enjoy that abundant life that you were made for. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Well, we love you guys. Continue to reach out to let us know how we can better equip you and prepare you. But at the end of the day, 
today. We trust it's in God's hands. Have a wonderful day, no matter where you are. Yeah, blessings. Blessings.